0: Welcome to 12 minutes of dauntless commentary on widely unaccepted truth from God's Word. Hang on to your Bible. I am Elsie Breeden, and this is Audaciously Unpopular. Spoiler alert! Failure isn't final. If we go all the way back to Genesis 3, right after the story of the creation, we find that God set up Adam and Eve in paradise. They had everything they could want in the garden, and they had just simple instructions. You can eat of everything except for that one tree. Just don't eat that one. And we know the story of how Eve is, you know, probably just walking around enjoying the garden, and the serpent comes by and starts uh, twisting the Word of God and making her question the Word of God. And The result of that, the result of questioning the word of God, Eve makes a choice. And her choice is to disobey what God had said and to taste the fruit of that one tree. And we we know this story. We're familiar with this story in Genesis 3 and how that choice, that one choice, caused many, many, many consequences because of Eve's choice that day. Then she turned to Adam and said, Adam, you know, we're not, obviously, I'm not going to die. I'm still here. I'm talking to you. So you taste the fruit and Adam tastes it. And then God shows up looking for them. And when he shows up looking for them and he calls out to them, where are you? Because it was, it was normal for him to show up and they would walk and talk together in the cool of the day. But This day when God showed up for their appointment, Adam and Eve were nowhere to be found And so God calls out and and says, hey, where are you guys? What's that? What's going on? Where are you? And Adam and Eve had hid themselves because they had at that moment experienced sin. When they chose to do the opposite of what God had commanded, what God had asked of them, they failed to follow his command and they experienced sin. And that sin brought many consequences we read in, in Genesis 3 the consequences of how that man would now have to till the earth and that there would be thorns to overcome, and it would now be hard to work for food. It would now become difficult, and for the woman, there would be pain in childbirth and all of that, and th- that everything that was perfect in the beginning, everything that God had prepared in the beginning, everything that was paradise was now broken. And it was marred by sin. And the biggest consequence was Adam and Eve were shown their way out of the garden. And there was an angel with a flaming sword placed at the edge of the garden to keep them from coming back in. And so we see the ultimate consequence of sin, of this failure, was to separate Adam and Eve from the presence of God. They were no longer welcome in the presence of God because of the sin that they now bore. But in Genesis 3, verse 15, we find God's first hint that this did not take him by surprise. We find the first mention of God's redemptive plan. And it says in Genesis 3, 15, And I will put enmity, this is God speaking, I will put enmity between you and the woman, and between your seed and her seed. He shall bruise you on the head, and you shall bruise him on the heel. God delivers this word to to Satan. And he says, "You're you're going to cause problems, and there's now going to be an enmity. There's not going to be hostility. There's going to be problems between your seed and mankind. But the seed that is coming from the woman, in in my time, the seed that is coming will bruise your head, and yeah, you're going to bruise his heel, but it's not going to be final. So just 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 mere verses." after we see eve's colossal failure when she chose to listen to another voice when she chose to follow another word other than god we see her yield to that temptation and that power of sin the power of temptation was too great for eve and she failed and she fell under that spell she fell into that temptation but just a few verses later in Genesis, in verse 15, we find it was no match for God. God already had a plan in place. He already knew about the failure. He saw it coming before it happened. And he had a plan that was bigger than that. And, you know, we, we talk about Eve's, Eve and we're so hard on her. And we we criticize her and we're like, oh, thanks a lot, Eve. You know, we're t- we, we talk about sickness or sadness or death or difficulty or trials or anything that is the result of sin in this world and we go oh thanks a lot if she just would have not done that if she just in that moment wouldn't have made the choice that she did if she would not have failed then we would be better off we wouldn't have experienced sin we wouldn't be dealing with all of the things that we deal with because of her choice and so we're hard on her and we're like you, you, you know, why did you have to make this colossal mistake? Why did you have to fail so greatly and cause so much consequence, not just to her, but to the entire world coming after her? But I think if we're honest with ourselves, we're a lot like Eve. We come to temptation. We are faced with temptation. And again, the power of sin is too great for us. The power of sin, the power of temptation, of suggestion... Sometimes we start entertaining it and it is too great for us to stay away from. It's too great for us to resist and we fail. And when we fail, when we sin, when we mess up, when we do something outside of the will of God. I think a lot of times, if we're being honest again, a lot of times our first reaction is to hide. We don't want to talk to God Because we know we've disappointed him. We know that there is now something in the way. There is now something separating us from God. There's something standing in between us. And so our instinct is like Adam and Eve, is to hide ourselves and to try to cover it up, try to avoid it. Maybe if we don't talk about it, it will go away. Maybe if we don't think about it, we won't feel as guilty. And so we try to hide and we try to avoid being honest with God and being open with God because we're ashamed we have really messed up and we know it we have really failed and we know it we feel the conviction of the holy spirit on our hearts and we know that we have failed but our tendency is to hide away from him and to shy away from him because we are ashamed and a lot of times we think i've messed it up too bad i've failed too much this has gone too far I have done it too many times. This is one time too many. God can't forgive this. God doesn't want me anymore because I have failed. And yes, we have failed. But just like with Eve in the garden, our failure is not final. This is not the end of the story. He already has a plan in place. Whatever your failure is, whatever sin it is that you are struggling with that you have succumbed to and now you're afraid to deal with he he's got a plan for that he's got something already in place to eradicate your failure in first john chapter one verse nine it says if we confess our sins that means not hiding anymore but going to him and confessing hey i've done this i have let you down i have sinned against you i have failed But when we take our failure to him, 1 John 1, 9, If we we confess our sins, he is faithful and righteous to forgive our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. Why can he do that? How can he do that? 1 John 2, verse 1 and 2 talks about Jesus being our advocate. If we sin, we have an advocate. We have a mediator. We have a great high priest. And he is the sacrifice for our sins. He was that one sacrifice who died once for all to take away the sins of the world. Any failure, any sin that, that blemishes me, that puts something between me and the Father, that separates us, if I go to him, not hiding, not, not shying away from it, not wallowing in my shame and my discomfort and my guilt, but going to him and admitting, hey, I have really messed this up i have failed i have sinned against you and confessing that fault to him then he is faithful and just to forgive i heard it just uh, last week i believe someone say that being a christian is not a one-time repentance it's not that moment at the altar when you when you initially got saved you initially surrendered your life to christ and repented of your sin repentance doesn't stop there but living a christian life is continual repentance because we're going to fail and sometimes those failures are going to be as big as eves and they're going to be as as guilty as eves and we're going to feel under that weight and we're going to feel that separation from god but the the joy to be found here in this to be recognized in this is that it is not the end My failure and my sin, your failure, your sin is not the end of the story. When we go to the throne of grace, there is help. There is forgiveness. There is blood that covers. And that same blood that saved us when we initially went to him and we initially repented, it is still effective. And it can still cleanse us. And it can still wash us. Because what we have done is not final. The only finality here is the blood of Jesus. It is enough. And when he said it is finished from the cross, he meant the redemptive work of Christ is finished. We don't have to sit around and wait for something to happen or sit around and hope that it gets better, but we can run to the Father and we can fall in his arms and we can confess our faults and our sin and our failures and know that he already has a plan in place. His plan to redeem us is already there, and it is already sufficient, and He is enough. So whatever you're dealing with today, I encourage you to go take it to the Father. Find you a quiet place and spend some time in His presence and confess your failure to Him. Be open with Him. Be honest with Him and know that He has a plan to bring you out of this failure because His Plan is bigger than anything that you could do and any failure that you could have.